0: Welcome from the Rookery End. My name is John. With me is Jason. Hello, Dan. And Mike. Oh, ho, oh, oh, ho, Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. <laughs> Said with such enthusiasm. Uh, we are three lifelong What for fans, season ticket holders of the Rookery End, and every podcast we do. Uh, Be it days afterwards, minutes afterwards, as we are now, um, a Watford loss, uh, we try and give our opinion. Uh, Watford have just lost at home 2-1 to Swansea City. Mike, you haven't seen Watford play in the the flesh since Huddersfield at home. No. Uh, Was that a better performance? Largingly. Oh, okay. Right, but, hey. uh, well, Jason, so, I've, so, just, I've just so, done it. What have you done with Yeah, where's my I've got a positive. I was not expecting.
1: Well, but no, was, they're on a par in terms of, I mean, I'm not angry. I'm just absolutely resigned to just talking to, to Jason before we, before we started rolling here. And, he just resigned you know 1-0 down all, the, all you know what's going to happen you know what's going to happen Watford do not win games 1-0 they just do not do it so Swansea knew all they had to do for all their limitations all they had to do was stay in the game kitchen sink it for the last five minutes and they were going to get a chance or two as it happened two chances two goals it's an inevitable as the day is long and I don't think anyone in the stadium will be surprised at all at the way that game unfolded after we went ahead. We were fairly comfortable. I don't think Swansea offered much but then if you look at it, how many saves did Fabianski have to have to make? One after the goal went in. It took who hitting the bar after, what, 10 minutes to, to get us going. Far too lacklustre from us. Far too one-paced. A complete lack of uh, imagination, inventiveness and incisiveness. Total inability to break down comfortably the worst team in the league ultimately without you know Swansea didn't run us ragged but ultimately Watford got what they
0: deserved Swansea didn't deserve to win it but we deserve to lose it Jason the easy uh, discussion that we heard on um, several occasions walking up Occupation Road as we now stand outside the Hornet shop is Andre Gray should have scored yeah he might have done but he didn't lose us that game
2: no right yeah you you, you got that right he should have scored he should absolutely should have scored but what then should have happened after he missed was we should have won that game 1-0. As Mike said, there's no reason why we should have let them get back into it and, and can see two goals in the last five minutes. I'm, I'm hurting just saying those words.
0: I um, think he's lost with, four minutes. I'm really precise, yeah. Oh, so we,
2: we, but yeah, you're right, so familiar. Um, coming back to Andre, I, I just feel sorry for him. I, I, I really do. He's... he's he's lacking confidence in front of goal but he's still putting himself there To yeah. I mean it was a great it was a great run and a great ball in as well yeah. he controlled it under pressure you got to give credit to Fabianski as well Gomez made a great point blank save didn't he against Leicester and everyone was sort of praising Gomez because it's the other way round we're going to be slating grey for, for missing yeah he should have scored but I just feel sorry for him there's 11 players on that pitch they should all be seeing the game out The, the, the equaliser. McBurney had a free header We've seen seen Prudel come on, and Prudel, he's a big fella. He's the man you want him in the area, attacking the ball, stopping their big fellas from getting the ball ahead. Of just just to see the free head at the set was just so frustrating.
1: To, to win in the Premier League, you have to be in fifth gear, or at least in fourth for for large parts of it. Watford were in second and third for almost the entirety of the game. I thought. Going back to the start of the game, which feels like a week ago now, we got our swagger. Once, once we got rattled into uh, rattled into action from that early AU chance, we thought, Oh Christ, we're in the game here. Well, I thought we got a bit of our swagger back, and we were moving the ball around nicely. The sort of layoffs and the movement looked good. And for sort of 10-15 minutes, that we got the goal. And before the game, we're saying all we need to do against this lot get a good start and then kick on. We got a good start, and what did we do? Didn't kick on. Didn't kick on at all. We did. We went into reverse. Yeah, we're in the middle of the, the busy festive period. We stood here, I think it was after the Tottenham game, talking about how we're going to get the best out of the squad, how we're going to rotate, how we're going to deal with the injuries. But, you know, I think on the, on paper, that side looked pretty good, didn't it? I don't think, you know, the one the one guy that you would say is going to get less game time as the season goes on is Ben Watson. But I don't think he let us down at, at all. I think as the game wore on, he looked a little bit wanting and there was a few sort of iffy touches and he was a bit slow on the, on the, on the ball occasionally. But that wasn't just Ben Watson. That was absolutely everyone. On paper, that team looked fine I think everyone going in was nodding their head thinking yeah this is a team that should go on and do it and look they should have and and to talk about Andre Gray not costing us the game of course he didn't but when we don't make any, any chances you have to take chances and you absolutely have to take good ones like that. And he didn't lose us the game, but not taking that chance did. It's not, you know. It's so, yeah. not. It's not. You're not going to point fingers at, at someone. That goal goes in, and obviously we win it. But it's the whole malaise that just surrounded that performance, which is really depressing and 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 concerning, really, because it's just happening. As you know, Jay said it hurts me saying those. Oh, they scored late in the last two minutes. How many times have we said it?
0: Earlier in the uh, year, we were scoring the late goals.
1: Yeah,
0: and I, and, and and it's completely swapped around. It's yeah. like. You know, that's the thing it balanced up across the season but it it felt more like the Crystal Palace game where you know uh, uh, on top Watford uh, one some bloke near us on the way up uh, put it down to you know Palace today and Everton is nine points Uh, and that's nine points nearer to safety it it was such a letdown, but like you say, in those last closing 10 minutes, you could just feel it. I'm not going to say see it coming, feel it inevitable, coming. Inevitable, John.
1: Absolutely inevitable. This Watford team just does not win 1-0. It doesn't happen. So as a collective, they have to know that and they have to take responsibility for it, and they have to try and make sure they they, they carve out more opportunities. To have one, I think, you know, I might be, a, you know, quickly after the game, we haven't really a chance to, to analyse it in my head. But it feels to me that we had one chance after the goal, really. Yeah. Um, I would say that I think. I think the disallowed goal. I've struggled to see where where the foul was there. I think that was a, a peculiar one. I presume it's for a, for a push somewhere along the line. Yeah, yeah, okay. But I, I struggled to see see that. So perhaps you could call that a, a chance. of we you know carved out a corner and and had the ball in the net from it. But really to have you know one and a half decent chances after we scored in what was it 15 minutes something like that against a team completely low on confidence and you know with all due respect to Swansea they've come away with the three points fair play to them but they're low on confidence and they're quite frankly they're low on quality as well
0: Well, uh, I've scored a goal it wasn't going to be a kick in the teeth that was going to be a punch in the face to a team where, where they were You know where they are at the moment, and you felt like it just want you know another goal would have really like put them on the on the canvas, and they wouldn't be getting up.
2: A podcast made by Watford fans fans for Watford fans from the Rookery
0: end. Lukaku, what about him? How do you
1: think he did today?
2: Plus point, he started off the move for the goal. He, he, he did that thing I talked about, where he took the ball under control, attracted defenders to him, and to be fair to in the pass as well. I thought The pass was, was spot on, absolutely spot on, great through ball to Richarlison. There were moments where he did it again. He got the ball, held it up, drew players to him, got it away. But there's a reason we didn't create many chances, and he wasn't. And I think it's because he's he's not match fit because he's not no. he's not played. It's no surprise that he got taken off because he was starting to look a bit tired and looking a bit frustrated. And you see when we were sort of when we were attacking when we lost the ball, he just seemed to take a while to get back into the game back yeah. into position. We couldn't move the ball forward quickly because he'd been in an offside position and yeah. the ball was only to go back to Decore or whatever.
0: so the and question he is, it, yeah. is, is he is that his natural game or is it something that can be added and is it something that can be added quickly? He should Maybe. come on.
1: He should. They've got it. I think Silva got it the wrong way around. Play Andre Gray for seventy minutes. Let him, let him run a, a defence around that's short in confidence. Um, open up a bit of space for the others, and then bring a Carker on. Because as Jay said, there's no way he's going to be match fit. He hasn't played any football this season. Um, you're not going to get ninety minutes out of him, and the, just the way he is, he's sort of. We had to go on about his size, but it's you know he, he is big and he's not that he's not the most nimble of players, is he? Does he does surprise you, I think. But I, I think he'll be inc- I think he'll be disappointed with his performance today. I was disappointed with his performance today. I thought he looked lost in terms of his positioning sometimes. A couple of times when balls came into the box, on the and you'd expect your your number nine, your, your centre forward to be on the penalty spot looking to to carve out an see He's nowhere near it, and I think I think he he'll have been disappointed with his with his opportunity today. But I do think he was dealt a bit of a dud hand by being they should have got it the other way around bring him on for 25 minutes 20 minutes so he can have an absolute go you know like Dini against Arsenal don't want to pigeonhole these players but Jason's highlighted his strengths and weaknesses get 20 minutes from him where he can give it absolutely everything tired defenders hopefully after a, an hour or, or 70 minutes of being chased around by Richarlison and and Gray and those sort of guys up top but yeah, it wasn't wasn't to be, and I thought that, I thought to be perfectly honest, without wanting to point fingers, I thought he was one of the reasons why Watford were so lethargic and were so one-paced and and struggled to get going because it just wasn't that the, the outlet wasn't there. I don't think there's any confidence in in if the ball was going to go forward, it was going to stick or or there's going to be any opportunities. Cast. So I was disappointed with him, and I think he'll be he'll
0: be pretty peeved as well. well I don't think we need to discuss this game in any in all greater steps uh, Am I am I wrong?
1: Well. I... It's got me thinking a little bit more because, I mean, the game was so one-paced, wasn't it? And, you know, Swansea weren't threatening to get That's back. That's not you. And, hey? That's not you. <laughs> no, but and you had time to sort of look out there and think, right, who's going to make a difference here? Who's going who's to create the, the sort of the, the burst? Who's going to create the bit of energy? Who's going to create the space or the, the bit of magic to, to, to score a goal? And you look at Richarlison and you look at Decore, and apart from that, I mean, today... <laughs> There is talent out there. I think we're being harsh to say that there isn't the quality out there for us to see that game through. But where was the quality going to come from today, outside those two? Where are you going to get a flash apart from those two? And I don't think any of the other eight outfield players could could put could lay a claim to saying, "Well, yeah, I could have. I was close to doing this, or I almost got us over the line." I don't think it's good enough from far too many of them. I think we've gone from we've gone from a self-belief problem, which is an issue to a confidence problem now um, and I don't necessarily think there's belief in each other um, I don't think there's a desire to, to, to get really get into the trenches and really sort of look around roll your sleeves up and make something happen which you have to do on games like this I just don't see it and I didn't see it happening at all there wasn't a spark there wasn't a there was never that a, even a even a, a, a match, let alone a lit match, near the blue touch paper. There was it was just flat and just devoid of ideas and devoid of that. And, and players never. It's just so easy to say players don't care and players don't put the effort in. That's obviously not true, but. It looked just very, very flat. It looked very, very difficult. And again, what we're seeing is Watford have lost a game when the opposition have had to do next to nothing to win it. Stay in the game, keep Watford at arm's length because they're not doing anything, and then throw the kitchen sink at it for five minutes and trot off home with the three points. Really, really disappointing. Same old story, questions to be asked.
0: We're the Orns,
2: you're the Orns. Come
0: on, you Mike's surname is Parkinson. it's son called Arlo, and this is our feature, Michael Parkinson.
1: It gives me great pleasure to welcome once again to Michael Parkinson, Arlo. Arlo, how are you doing? Bad. I think we all uh, share that feeling, mate, we know how you feel. Now, it's coming up to the end of 2017, New Year's Eve, New Year's Day almost upon us, and that means New Year's resolutions. So what do you think Watford's New Year resolution should be?
2: Don't do fouls. Try not. Oh, and this one's for Troy Deeney. Try not to get red cards.
1: So you think work on their discipline? Yeah. All right. And Arlo, what about you? What are your New Year's resolution?
2: Try not to be too aggressive.
1: All right, that's fair. Thanks very much, Arlo.
2: Bye-bye. Have a happy New Year.
0: going to talk to uh, Andy Lewis uh, who uh, writes the Hornet's Nest uh, in, in a minute uh, about uh, well several things. One of them which is how he is continuing this suffering that Watford fans have had. The transfer window is opening. And, and January is a very fun, funny transfer window. I mean, if you look back at Watford have acted in those last few windows in January, the question is has it been successful? Is, it, is Are we expecting Mike in the next couple of weeks to to do good business and to feel better than we do now and think we have a few more sparks in our team. You know, in 2015, our promotion year, we were brought in Leune. We paid for him. But everyone else, was either loan or a free, Guardiola, Watson, Colony, (laughs) Motta. Did you get a shiver down your spine when I said (laughs) Motta? But as, as as a window, that was... It, it did what it needed. It absolutely
1: did. I think we're going to find it a lot more a lot more difficult to have have a similarly effective window because we're looking for proven quality up front. I think it's fair to say, and we need quality at the back. Who's going to be letting those sort of players go in the, in the middle of in the middle of the season? Not Watford, hopefully. So why would any other team? So I think we're going to find it very, very difficult to have a, an impactful transfer window. Because
0: we didn't really, spe- really spend, I don't think, in a, in a January transfer window, Jason. The only year we did was uh, the 2016, where we spent over £30 million. Except 19 of that was on uh, two very young players who went straight back out and low, Decore and, and Peña um, You know, we spent money on Suarez and Amrabat and Pantillamon. That felt like they were trying to fill some gaps and trying to address as best they could.
2: Yeah, it was just sort of filling gaps in the squad. And I think it's 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 just it's quite easy to spend a lot of money these days on not much you need to spend the money to to fill those gaps. It's yeah, we we're, we're a Premier League club and we get 198 million or whatever it is pounds every season. Other clubs know that, so other clubs are going to up their prices to make sure that they get as much of that Premier League cash that they can. I mean, you look at Virgil van Dijk, for example, £70 million on a centre-back. Unbelievable. Absolutely unbelievable. But that's it. Again, it's, a, it's a, a Premier League club selling one of their best assets, probably their best asset, to another Premier League club. They are going to squeeze them for every single pound they can.
0: And that's just going to rocket up everyone else's price, the fact that a centre-back went for £75 million. Well, you're not going to get much, for, uh, much change anywhere else. But then last year, Mike... Uh, we bought Zarate just under three million quid, but then we also brought in Cleverly on loan at that point, and Niang. Remember Niang? Uh, him on loan as well. That's that's got to be, as Jason says, you know, unless you're going to spend an absolute bomb, the way that what we're going to have to expect is a bunch of loans, uh, maybe some loans with the the view to buy. But we're not going to get quality players. Niang was a young player who would shown something. Cleverly was a an experienced player who was definitely out of uh, favour. Yep,
1: yeah, I think last year is a real. Good example of, of what a January window can look like for a for a Premier League side, certainly one in our in and around our part of the table, sort of mid to mid to lower league um, team. Zeretti was brought in because Pereira got injured, um, and Zerati obviously got injured. You know, he's he was never we didn't expect him to pull up any trees. He's a, he's a journeyman with a bit of a trouble pass, and the and the same way it goes to Niang, not quite a, not quite been around the block as many times as Zerati, but he was brought in to add a little bit of verve and a little bit of um, uh, inventiveness, and because we, we were really really struggling in that department so he did the best that we could I think last year Cleverly is a notable exception another great performance from him today I thought so important to us without Cleverly, God knows what would have happened today I think that's a real good demonstration of what a January window can look like you're scrabbling around looking looking for that diamond in the rough if you like and for a little while it looked like Nyang was going to do that didn't he he started off quite well and then his flaws became quite apparent and we were glad to see the back of him by the time he went so that's a sort of benchmark I would have said it was a, a disappointing January looking back on it, but it just shows how difficult it is. Easy to, easy to identify what you need. Yeah. Much, much harder to go out and get, and get the, uh, the correct jigsaw pieces to, to complete the picture.
0: The, the table that I created there about the last three windows is out on our Twitter at Watford Podcast. Uh, I will also uh, tweet out our uh, squad, uh, depth chart of the squad to see you know, where, where the, the, the gaps are. And, and we'll talk about the, where things are going and, and how the squad might change, not just the ins but also the outs, uh, over the, the next month or so. Jason, you've got one, one position that you are allowed, you have to buy a player for? Only one. Mike, you've got the same thing, but Jason's going first. What's that one position you think we need to maybe spend some money, but at least spend money wisely, at least? Striker. Big, little, small, quick, hybrid? Do we have to Uh, build him from uh, the genetic uh, genome up? All of those. I think you said big
2: and little, so I'm not sure. Which one? He can can change size, like like
0: Mario. You know, boy, give him a mushroom, he's big.
2: (laughs) Someone that can do... A bit of everything. They are a lone striker. Way back earlier in the season, you asked me what was the most important role in this team, and and it was that role that I picked because they have so much responsibility and a lot to do. We need someone that can score goals, we know that. Um, We need someone that can break the line, like Andre can do. We need someone who's big, who can hold the ball up, can attract defenders and come away with the ball, can turn, can set the wide players away it's a lot of work they need to do there a lot of work they need to do um, and we've got players that can do bits and pieces of that in Deeney in Akaka in Grey we need someone that can do the lot
1: Mike centre back main midfield Look, I think we're fine in midfield. I think we've got people who work hard. I think we desperately, desperately miss. What I was thinking today was, you know, I don't, you know, Cleverly was great again. I think he tailed off as the game went on because I think the game, we were the game was running away from us, and he ended up trying to. You, a player like Cleverly, it's easy for him to end up trying to do too much. I think, um, and you get caught out of position, and you end up late in challenge and all that sort of stuff. But we need players like him to to allow Richarlison, to allow Carrillo, to allow us to play the the game that we enjoyed us watching so much for the, for the start of the season and it just got me thinking how much we miss you know um, Chalabar people in there who work hard Decore shines because he gets in even when he's off his game he still looks like he's he still is obviously so instrumental and so important so I think in midfield we've got we're stacked. We've got the we've got the workhorses. We've got the we've got the skillful guys. Um, we see it too fleetingly from Carrillo. We see it too fleetingly for Pereira. So I think the jury is out on the on those guys. But we've got options there. We've got Capu sat on the bench. Who you know we know we know all about him and we you know about his limitations. But once Chalobah comes back, we've got we've got plenty of cover in in, in midfield. I think um, even you know we mentioned Ben Watson. Even he coming in as a as a as a sort of. Bottom of the barrel is harsh, but you know what I mean? Yeah. The last resort, he's not going to let us down. I just think defensively, what you need on a day like today is an absolute case in point someone that when that kitchen sink does come, there's someone there organising, there's someone there confident, there's someone there talking to Harelio, getting them organised, kicking their asses, and making sure that absolutely nonsensical defeats like today don't happen. It's completely avoidable with some sort of semblance of organisation and confidence back there, and we're just lacking it came on he looks he's looked lost I think um, since he's come back from from injury Mariapa's nowhere to be seen now I don't know if he's he's paying the price for for the game against Huddersfield and some lackluster performances um, th- th- before Christmas but again we find ourselves rejigging in defense and we're, and we're suffering as a result of it but I also think if you get you know you get that I, I don't know if I've made this up I get the feeling silver really is desperate for Kabul, Kabul. Yeah. I think he's desperate I think he sees him as his man I think he sees him as his lieutenant there but it, you know where is he um, and I think the other thing the other player we missed desperately is is uh, yes. because so much I think a player that came to us with question marks over his defensive ability and I think we can see he's not the world's best right wing back but what he does so incredibly well is he gets, those, gets, those, that gets us going down that right side. Richarlison loves playing with him. Carrillo loves playing with him. And as soon as he gets the ball, things can start happening from deep, which is where we've been so successful. Getting the ball, turning it quickly into attack. And we're just lapsing now into that turgid... Just slow, monotonous, far too easy, you know, get the ball to Richarlison and he's trying to do it from, from a standing start from the halfway line, which it, it doesn't work like that all too often. Yeah, midfield I think we're fine, but I think defensively we just need we just need that that strong, almost like when do you remember in the 90s when we were about to get relegated and Colin Foster came in?
2: Yeah.
1: And he just he just galvanised everyone, he was that presence, and you soon saw as you saw him in the lineup, you thought, right. Big coals in there. He's going to sort us out, and we. I, th- I think we need that. I don't think there's any denying the talent in the in the defensive line, but we just haven't hit on the magic formula at all. And all too often, we're looking all at sea when we come under the under the first semblance of pressure, and it, it can't carry on because we're on 25 points. But it's going to be a very very long. You know, we we're going to Manchester City on Tuesday. Um, obviously, we'll beat them now. <laughs> um, but you know, it's.
0: 15, 15, 15 points, Mike. It's only five wins. Only five wins.
2: A podcast by Watford fans for Watford fans.
3: This. Is
2: from the Rookery end.
0: Andy Lewis, uh, writer of the Hornets Nest blog, lovely whimsical look at his uh, life as a What fan, travelling around, coming to games. Uh, make sure you follow him on Twitter at Hornets Nest WFC. Isn't uh, having a great time uh, visiting the Northwest. Oh, he's a very intelligent young man, and uh, we've talked to him about colours, cheering, and that trip to the Northwest.
2: On the last podcast, we talked about the colour of the goalie kick because John took offence, I think, to Kashmir Michael's Day Glow kit and I made a scientific point about it and you reckon there's a little bit more to it and I might be right about the scientific thing.
3: You could well be right. There's varying theories and I'd actually like to know the official answer myself as to why clubs do it. Basically for my undergrad dissertation um, in sports science um, I essentially looked at the difference between whether referees decisions were influenced between teams that wore red shirts and wore blue And part of that, you do a lot of research for 10,000 words, which takes up a lot of your time. Not a lot has been done with goalkeeper kits, but in essence, a lot of the research does suggest that referees and certainly players as well, can be influenced by the opposition colour, be it red, for example, is quite an aggressive colour, so red teams may concede more free kicks because the referee deems them to be more aggressive, etc. In terms of bright colours, a lot of the research has sort of been done with red and blue, but bright colours uh, this can track people's eyesight, their, their eye line, their attention gaze, um, and some studies suggest that if there's a bright colour, your eyes are more attracted to that. So if you're looking at a bright colour, but you need to slot the ball in the corner of the goal, if you're looking to the bright keeper kit, you're more likely to hit the ball at the goalkeeper. Um, a lot of studies, again, been focused on penalty shootouts because it's easy to replicate. You can't quite replicate a, a run on goal like Andre, Andre Gray's today. Um, but it's, it's a really interesting area. For me, it was kind of just, uh, I get to sit and watch football for a term at uni, which was great. Mum and dad didn't quite enjoy having to burn DVDs of Man City versus Man United and Chelsea versus Liverpool etc but I, I loved it I could sit and watch football and, and talk about it but it's actually it's a really interesting area and you know there's, there's more there's more to a kit than, uh, than meets the eye really traditionally obviously clubs will pick reds, United because it's quite a synonymous colour but the most successful teams in world football have worn reds by Munich Liverpool united so there's this yellow unfortunately isn't uh, isn't quite isn't quite as successful but if you want a uh, scientific answer to the black or red shorts question fashion wise for me it would be black but unfortunately red if you want success
0: so the goalkeeper kit is definitely down to uh, scientific reasons not just players being uh, accepting looking like not 80s discos. We'll, we'll get on to the important thing in a minute. Um, but the other one is you, you brought up in a blog post after the Leicester game about the, the 72 minutes cheer, uh, and I recorded a bit of it uh, today. It's 72 minutes where we all clap for, for to sort of show appreciation for Graham Taylor. Uh, it started the, the week after he died, and it's 72 minutes because he died when he was 72 years old. And this is what it sounded like today. Andy, you know, you, you, you said in your blog post that you thought maybe now the time is to stop that. Well, I particularly think that that was
3: that's the case. For me recently, it's kind of become a bit of a, an elephant in the room. Um, I've heard a lot of people talk about it in their in their fan groups as they sit, sit with each other in the stadium, but no one's come out and said what they think publicly. Um, be it that, you know, people may not want to express their opinions, etc. I'm not I'm not for one Second, suggesting that, or telling people to say, you must stop this. That's, that's, not, that's not the aim. Um, it's just to get a different sort of perspective out there. And, you know, uh, when I put the blog post out, people have, obviously, some have disagreed with me, but they've been constructive and justified why they disagree with me, which is absolutely fine. Um, what, what, in, what, say, what, in what way are they disagreeing with you? To stop
0: that, or is it purely from the fact they, want, they don't want to stop, you know, representing their feelings towards Graham?
3: So someone, someone commented and said uh, the 72nd minute is now GT's forever, which you know, is, is fine. However, for me personally, it's kind of got to be an all or nothing thing. After the middles, well, during the Middlesbrough game, rather, when we did the applause, it was um, it was really emotional, um, really passionate minute of applause. And, you know, we've got tingles down the back of my spine. It was a, it was a really moving moment. But nowadays it, it kind, of, kind of feels that people may be just applauding for the sake of applauding. And I don't want it to become that, because after we do the applause, we then generally start singing Elton John's Made Army, which I think is a ten times increases the atmosphere around Vicarage Road. And if you want to do a minute of Elton John's Made Army, I think that's going to make a huge, a much bigger difference than about, I'd say, 80% of the ground we're applauding today. At Brighton away a couple of weeks ago, not a huge amount people are applauding. And I just I want people to talk about it because I don't think we can carry on. I think for me, we need a bit of closure at some point. Graham's always going to be Watford Football Club, always has been, always will be. But for me, the closure was the Real Sociedad game in pre-season. The club did such a good job of uh, of commemorating GT's life um, and the souvenir programme that came with it was just brilliant. There's got to be a point at some stage in our history where we've kind of, I think we've got to move on as, as a fan base. Well, it, it needs to be, it does, I think I'm at a point with you, Like I think it does need to develop that
0: you know, certain games like today where in the 70, uh, 72nd minute we were on top and there was a bit of positivity and you notice the time. And I know there's many occasions where all of a sudden someone starts clapping you go, what are you clapping for? Oh, yes, it's 72nd minute. Yeah. And it doesn't quite feel, like you say, we need to evolve it, I think,
3: somewhere along the line. For example, um, Tuesday against, oh, I think it's Tuesday, I forget what day <laughs> it is this week, Boxing Day. Um, Leicester, Leicester were making a double sub at the time, um, which... You know, the advert comes on the comes on the screen. You can't see the clock, and nobody really knows what's going on. And then it comes to the point where people are stood in the stand, potentially watching the clock, waiting for it to turn to 72 minutes, which then decreases the atmosphere in the minutes preceding 72. So it's it's an interesting topic. I I kind of feel as though someone needed to say 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 something. Um, people are going to disagree, which is absolutely fine. It's an important topic, um, but I think you know. We kind of need to get together and think and say, right, I sit in GT's stance. He's always going to be part of Watford Football Club. Perhaps it's time we moved on and did something different. Yeah,
0: it's one of the things that's going to be... I think it will, it will evolve, hopefully, even further. And we get the stature out here that we different again. The one thing Watford fans don't disagree on, Andy, but you're the only one who does, is your trips to the
3: North West. Just sum up exactly the problem that you are giving Watford fans. I began supporting Watford Football Club in 1999. And in 2005, I made my first trip to the northwest. Uh, my dad dragged me and my sister out of school and to take us up to Anfield to watch the Carling Cup semi-final first leg of, between Liverpool versus Watford. And since then, coming up to what our thirteenth, my thirteenth anniversary of watching Watford in the northwest, I've been to watch Watford play in the northwest of England a total of 22 times. We have won a grand total of zero. We have drawn three and lost 19. I think we've only scored about 10 goals and conceded 40-odd. To make it even worse, we've had two red cards in those games. The opposition have had none. The two penalties that we've had in those games, we've missed them both. And every time we've had a two-goal lead, which is three times, we've gone on to draw one and lose two. Burnley this season, I was feeling confident. We were we were playing all right. Ziegler got sent off in the first half, and then we went a goal down just before half-time. And the amount of stick that I got on on Twitter, I was... Uh, I was not a welcome man in the stand at Turf Moor, shall we say? Um, so that is uh, that is the curse that I. Uh Possess upon Watford in my travels up up in the northwest,
0: and you're going to go back up for the Manchester City game. Now we spoke to your sister uh, on a previous podcast, and uh, she had two ideas. It was called, uh, called mess, uh, uh, "Go messy or "Be messy uh, One was to uh, to everyone club together and to send you to watch Lana Messi, uh, and that would be a good thing because you would definitely go somewhere else uh, to watch Barcelona, and you wouldn't go up to the northwest. The other one is to get you lots of women and to, it, to become messy. But we'll, we'll we'll go past that one. She knows me well, now yeah. we. Like I said, we've spoken to your sister, but we haven't spoken to your mum, except we have got a message from your mother, who's currently in Australia, uh, and she felt so strongly that she sent this official announcement for the family.
3: Firstly, I should like to apologise to all Watford fans for my son's ongoing selfish behaviour in attending Watford games in the northwest, despite the considerable and increasing evidence this is harming Watford's cause. We have tried to exert parental control... But as Andrew, not Andy, is 25, I think those days are long gone. Andrew, we brought you up to think about others before yourself. This continued behaviour is letting your family down, you're letting down the team you profess to love, and letting yourself down. Stop it. Love, Mum.
0: So, Andrew, the woman who brought you into this world, has raised you, is there anything that's going to persuade you not to go up to the northwest?
3: What I love about that message is that mum and dad are on holiday and spent an awful lot of money going to watch England at the cricket. At some point, they've sat down and they've thought about what they're going to say to me on their fantastic sunny holiday in Australia. Um, what you heard there was, um, it was the disappointed tone of my, of my mother, which is ten times worse than any other tone I could imagine. So if she had said that to my face and, and looked me dead in the eye and said, Andrew, I am disappointed in you, then I would probably think twice about it, but unfortunately, the supporters' coach is ten pounds there and back, so uh, <laughs> it's, it's quite it's quite tricky to say no. Um, and it's also Man City, so if I don't go, chances are, especially after that performance today, um, chances are that the result probably isn't going to be favourable. Would it be fair to say with Manchester City on a? Uh, a oh, so, so, so
0: you you're, you're you're saying. Uh, that the fact that Man City are awesome and doing particularly
3: well is is not a reason to cancel your trip? I'm saying on on this occasion, (laughs) it is... So what's the next occasion then? It would be Liverpool, which (laughs) could potentially be my fault. Um, But on this occasion, it's not my fault. And if we win, it's definitely my fault. I will take all the credit if we win.
2: A podcast made by Watford fans, fans for Watford fans from the rookery end.
0: He's going. That's nothing we can change about that, Mike. But he, he did mention that that Graham Taylor, um, you know, in maybe 72 minutes and the, ch- the the round applause there is, is losing its spark, and we need to, to think about that and what we are going to do next to to make sure Graham's um, role in, in this club stays. And maybe that isn't the way to do it. He thinks.
1: I'm not sure. I thought today it was sort of but it was uh, it was a sort of fairly rousing rendition today on 72 minutes, and uh, I think personally my opinion is that we have a responsibility to
0: I think it's a nice little thing it's unique to us that 72nd minute no it's not unique everyone does it every, No, 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 no yeah, but everyone has a minute minutes. and a cheer that's, what, that's my little bit about it when we started it was like we need to do it quickly and it's hard to organise that but everyone sort of does that he's so special he needs something unique I don't, don't think even, everyone does it every game I don't think everyone does it every game um, and I think that's why if we
1: keep that going I think it would be a lovely thing that if in 10 years time people are explaining to their 6, 7, 8 year old son why people are standing up to clap well son there was this chap graham taylor and this is this is what it's all about it's a simple thing it's easy to maintain uh, and quite frankly if we can't see that through as a as a as a fans collective then i think we uh, we probably need to look at ourselves this is a guy um, who's vitally important his memory is still fresh in everyone's mind we're outside the hornet shop now um, and there's graham taylor on the 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 brilliant book that, that lionel's got out if you haven't got it get it already it's a it's a simple thing a little nod and if we can't keep that going then then quite frankly i'd be i'd be disappointed I think it was good, a good rendition today. Um, I know people thoughts on minutes of applause at uh, specific minutes when things happen. There's that pause and a break and something. But look, it's football's about tradition. There's very few of them left. I still get goosebumps when, when Zed cars comes on, for example. That's, you know, that's my sort of traditionalist coming out in me. Um, a round of applause on 72 minutes for, for the greatest manager Watford have ever, ever had and one of the, the greatest men ever to, to, to be involved in football. I don't think it's too much to ask. I'd be disappointed if it stopped. Manchester City next, Jason. Would you take a draw? <laughs>
2: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do. <laughs> uh, I'd, I, I would take a draw. Wouldn't it? When I, do you know what I keep thinking about? Remember when QPR went on that massive unbeaten run at the start of the season they won the, uh, they won the league? Uh, the the Championship League that yeah. League we used to play in many years ago, and we went there live on the telly on a Friday night and yeah. did a job rolled them. them over oh <laughs> wouldn't it wouldn't it be great if we could do that again just just in this League uh, that would be nice I can I would keep dreaming here's the sort of thing that happens in football isn't it you look at you know uh,
1: Huddersfield coming here and one since the first... You know, slightly different Huddersfield coming to Watford and Watford going to Man City but you know, look, funny things happen, don't they? And there is enough talent in the um, in the in the squad to to make funny things happen. But you know, if we can't see out a game one 0 at home to uh, to to Swansea City with with four minutes left to go, the, the chances of uh, of us getting anything other than a, a damn good hiding at Manchester City um, on Tuesday are 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 pretty minimal, aren't they? And. Uh, these guys have got some serious, serious work to do and some soul-searching. They've got to look at each other. I think they need to to look at the man to the left of them, the man to the right, and talk about how they're going to get through this week because... Manchester City on Tuesday. Then we're going to have Bristol City coming here on 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 Saturday in the FA Cup. There'll be, you know, the, the Watford crowd will be quiet. It'll be a small crowd. There'll be loads from Bristol City. They're absolutely flying. We've got two incredibly different games, um, two incredibly different challenges, but both as tough as each other in my book. We don't want to be standing here after getting humped by Manchester City again and crashed out uh, crashed out of the FA Cup because you know this rest of the season is going to start looking a bit a bit a bit depressing and a bit like, like like a slog, so we need to get pretty unscathed from Man City, and by I mean unscathed, losing less than 5 0, um, <laughs> and then hopefully getting a win against Bristol City and, and trying to get some momentum going. What I said before this game, the people we saw before the game, we need to kick on from Leicester. We did well, we came back from 1 0 down, which we hardly ever do, 1 2 1, rode our luck, worked hard, took our chances got the win that we so desperately needed now let's capitalise in it what have they done they fluffed their lines again unfortunately so we have to start from we're back to square one incredibly different week let's hope that uh, let's hope that they have a better week uh, and that we can have a better conversation this time uh, this time on Saturday uh,
0: thank you very much for listening from the week do follow us on uh, social media at What podcast Instagram Twitter and Facebook and just come on you ones.